Christian Church International, where our church motto states, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. If there's anything that we can do to create a better worship experience for you, reach out to us at www.lccimd.org. We'd love to hear from you. And again, welcome. Good morning. Thank you for joining the Liberty Christian Church International broadcast. Bible says in John 4 and 23 that the hour is coming and now is. 
when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, because the Father seeketh such to worship him. Let's just take this moment and worship him. Father, we bless you. We magnify you. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory today. But this is the day the Lord has made. We're going to rejoice and we're going to be glad in it. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. Thank you, Lord God, for blessing us today. Thank you, Lord God, for revealing unto us a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, a word of revelation, a word of exhortation, a word of truth that's going to point us in the right direction. Father, we pray your divine blessing over this day. We pray your divine blessing over this broadcast. We pray your divine blessing over those that are going through obstacles, hardships, trials, tribulations, temptations. I thank you, Lord God, that I decree and declare now that they are coming out, that they are blessed in the city, in the field, going out and coming in. I declare them healed. Those that are dealing with sickness and disease, that they are healed from the crown of the head to the soles of their feet. We thank you, Lord God, for anybody dealing with all sorts of pain in their body, would experience the healing power of Jesus Christ. It is your desire for them to walk in true health and abundance. Thank you, Lord God, that you've given us life and life more abundantly. We seek you first now and the kingdom of God and your righteousness that you would add unto us everything that we need, everything that we desire. If we ask it in the name of Jesus, it shall be given. If we seek, we shall find. If we knock, the door has to be opened. Hallelujah. We thank you that you yet heareth us. We thank you that you are yet sending the answers to prayer. We thank you that you are sending the answers to our petition. I pray now in Jesus' name for those that don't know what to do, that have no direction and don't know how they're going to get that bill paid. Father, that you are releasing an answer, that you are releasing blessings, that you are releasing grace and favor. We decree and declare favor now to fall like rain in this moment and in this day and in the balance of this month as we bring June to a close and we go into the seventh month, the month of completion. Seven is the number of completion. And so, Father, as we transition from six into seven, that you would give us grace, that you would give us understanding concerning who we are, why we are, and where we are. I thank you, Lord God, that you're helping us plot the course for our next. Give us a dimensional shift. Give us a, a, a next level paradigm shift in our understanding, in our ways of thinking, in our character, in our continued development. In Jesus' name, I thank you that the word of God be made clear to us that come forth with boldness, clarity, and understanding. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that for those who are dealing with marriage issues, those that are dealing with uh, mental issues, those that are dealing with children, uh, issues related to their children, prodigal children, I praise you now, Lord God, that you are the author and the finisher of our faith, that you are able to heal, that you're able to bring answers to questions, that you're able to clear up any confusion and clear up any uh, obstacles and things that we are dealing with in our personal lives. Father, I praise you now, Lord God, that you would make a way out of no way for somebody that's at their wit's end and somebody that's at the end of the ledge about to jump off. I thank you for grace in this moment, for answers in this moment. I praise you now that you are our peace. Hallelujah. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into that place and are safe. I declare peace in the city. I declare peace in the state. I declare peace in the nation. I declare peace in the world. And even in the eyes of pandemic, Lord, you have still given us a word of exhortation to stand up strong and to continue to be the salt of the earth. Where is the salt that lost its savor? A city that is, hallelujah, hid cannot, the city that is set up on the hill cannot be hid. And so I thank you that you're vaulting us, that you're catapulting us to the top of that mountain that we might be heard, that our voices might be heard among the people. I thank that the gospel will be 
preached all around this globe in these last days, for these are the last days, and that you are preparing us for the coming of the Lord. I thank you, Lord God, that you are giving us, Lord God, the directives of what to do, what to say, and how to govern ourselves in these moments. Father, let your will be done in our lives. Let your will be done in our families. Let your will be done in our mindset. Let your will be done in our finances. Let your will be done in our marriages. Let your will be done in our places of business. Let your will be done in our ministries. We just acknowledge you now that you might direct us, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We speak peace out of confusion. We speak order out of chaos. Let the will of the Lord be done in our lives from this day forth in the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, bless Pastor Thomas. Bless the praise and worship as we go forth higher in you. I thank you, Lord God, this will not just be a regular, average broadcast, that somebody would receive a word that would totally impact their lives from this day forth. It's in Jesus' name that we do thank you for it in advance. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen and amen. Somebody give God a praise. Hallelujah. Lord, we give you thanks now because you deserve the glory. You deserve the honor and you deserve the praise. Stay tuned for more ministry. Will you simply just say yes? Yes to the will of God for your life.
come on, Liberty. All of my life, I've never known my God to fail. If you know that, come on and sing this song with me.
Take a moment 
Let's take a moment and just worship God for a second. We live in such a microwave world that we want things to happen so quickly, so fast, so quick and so fast and in a hurry. That right now, where we are, who we are, what we're doing, And what God has called us to do. We have situated ourselves in a place of just not really getting into a place of worship. But this morning, I'm challenging you. I'm challenging every person under the sound of my voice to get into a place of worship. To get into a place of just saying, God... I'm not worried about how long, God. I'm not worried about the time, God. I'm not worried about who's watching. But I just want you to know that I'm your son. I'm your daughter. I'm your child. And I'm ready for an experience with you. I'm ready for a real relationship with you. I'm ready to know you for my salvation, for my heart, for my family. I'm ready to be a generational changer in my life. And because I am, I just thank you, God. So God, whatever you're going to do on today, whatever you're going to do at this moment, whatever you're going to do in this hour, I give myself completely to you. Fill me up. From the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. Fill me up, God. Till I want no more. Take all that's inside of me and remove it. If it's not pleasing in your sight, I don't want it. God, I just thank you right now. That we as a people, we go through dark days. We go through the days where the sun shines bright. But we as a people, as a children of the most high we live under an open heaven we live in a posture and on a place where we're simply surrendered to you and expecting you to do the great in our life now God use us on this day use us at this time use us in this moment so that lives can be changed that souls can be delivered, that you can get the glory, God, and you can have your way. God, we submit ourselves right now to your authority. Touch us in a mighty way today, God. And as we prepare and as the word get ready to go forth, God, we just thank you, God, for all that you do, for all that you are and all that you've been. We know you as Jehovah Jireh, our provider. We know you as Jehovah Nisi. But this morning become Elohim to us. An all-sufficient God. Become Jehovah M. Kadesh. Become Jehovah Rapha in our lives. That as we war today, that as we war right now, 
that you become our banner of victory over our lives. God, we ask you to forgive us of our sins on this day. Sins of admission and sins of omission. We ask God not only that you forgive us, but give us a repentant heart so that we can seek and turn to do it no more. God, now hide this your servant behind your cross so that your people will see none of me, but they will see all of thee. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. You are my strength. You are my redeemer. You are my joy. You are my peace. You are my hope. You are my contentment. All that I am, all that we are, is because of you. So God, deposit your Holy Spirit into each and every home that's represented today. Each and every life that's represented today. Each and every generation that's represented today. Drop your Holy Spirit into that atmosphere. Change the course of somebody's life on this day. You said, take no thought of tomorrow, for tomorrow has its own issues. Take thought of today. God, have your way today. It is in your son Jesus' name. The name that is above all other names. The name that the Bible declares is a strong tower and the righteous shall run into it and be safe. The name Jesus that the Bible says that demons shall tremble. The name Jesus that the son said if I be lifted up I'll draw all men unto me. We thank you and we worship you and we magnify your name. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. Lift up your Bibles real quick. I have a video real quick for you, but lift up your Bibles real quick and let's make our Bible declaration and repeat after me. Lord, I thank you that I have a Bible. It is my personal copy of God's purpose, God's plan, and God's design for my life. Therefore, I am a believer and not a doubter. I'm not just a hearer, but I'm also a doer. And my life has been better after hearing the word of the living God. Therefore, my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will not be distracted, but I will hear what thus saith the Lord. And as a result of what I hear today, I'm going to leave here better than I came. In Jesus' mighty name, let the body of Christ say amen, amen, amen. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against powers, against the world forces of this darkness against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist and, and having done everything to stand firm, 
Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, with all prayer and petition. Pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints, and pray on my behalf, that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Amen, amen. This morning, I want to continue in this series that we started last week entitled Battlefront, Putting on the Armor of God. And last week, we got into understanding and, and realizing that we have to make a plan of action for a battle. We have to make a battle plan. And, we, and our focus scripture for this whole series comes from Ephesians, the sixth chapter, looking at the 10th through the 20th verse. And last week, when we dealt with dealing and coming up with a plan, the beginning of the scripture simply says this, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. You heard it read so well this this morning by our staff here at Liberty Christian Church International, but I want you to see it as well because I know it scrolled a little bit and you may not be able to stay and keep up with it, but it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. This was the Apostle Paul talking to the church at Ephesus about what it takes to, to, to battle the enemy. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, not our might. But it says this in verse number 11, put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. How many people can testify that they've gone through battles and, and sometimes it seems like you're not prepared or you're not playing or you have not planned to deal with the battles that come about. You come out of one situation in your life and you hop right into the next one and it just seems like sometimes that it does not, you're, you're not equipped for this next battle. You're like, God, why can't I just get a moment of peace, God? Why can't I just get a moment of understanding God why can't I just get a moment of time God but we gotta realize that we have to constantly put on this full armor of God it says so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil we know the devil his whole job and his whole plan is what to kill steal and destroy we know that he roams around as a roaring lion he devises schemes against you and your life verse number 12 says this for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. I need somebody to put that out real quick. That I struggle, what you're fighting against, what you're dealing with, what you're battling and warring against is not against flesh and blood. Even though it looks like it a lot of times, it's not against flesh and blood, but it says this, but against the rulers against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. And I'm just trying to give you a quick summary quick, real quick, but it says against the rulers, these are the rank and files of the devil. 
These are his, this is his army. These are the commanders of his army. When you're talking, when you're looking at it from a military perspective, there are colonels, there are generals, there's are, there are lieutenants, there are captains, there are majors, but there are also privates and sergeants and stuff. There is a rank and file, and with each rank and file, they have a certain responsibility. They have a certain thing that they must do and what they uh, govern and over top of. So now when we look at the enemy that we're facing, he has certain lieutenants, he has certain generals, he has certain people in his army that sit over top of certain things. There are principalities, there are rulers, there is a power, and there's the world forces of this darkness against the spiritual forces of wickedness in high places. What does verse number 13 says this? Therefore, take on the what? full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil days having done everything to stand firm. So this morning, I, I want to take us into the next place, the next part of this series. Last week, like I said, we dealt with uh, coming up with the plan of a father in battle, a plan of a father. We understood that, uh, that, that it was Father's Day last week, but we talked about what his assignment is as the head of the house, as the, the one that is supposed to be the priest of his home. But we also talked about how the enemy has devised a way to pull fathers out of the house to pull fathers from home but this today i want to go just a little bit deeper because once you come up with the plan for the fight once you come up with the plan for the battle you have to do this you have to prepare for the battle somebody say prepare for battle Preparing for battle, I, I oftentimes I, I, I question and, and, and look at and, and ask myself, am I prepared for what I'm going to face today? And how do I get prepared? How do I come about this thing? How do I get into uh, my mindset that no matter what happens today, no matter what goes about today, no matter what I'm dealing with today, that I have to prepare for a battle, the battle that I don't know the things that are seen and unseen the things that come about my way that's expected the things that I got to deal with at work the things that you have to deal with with your kids with spouses with relationships with people that are uh, haters in your life we have to constantly make sure that we're preparing our mind our spirit and our heart for battle last week I gave you four things that I said that the enemy uses as his battlefield if anybody remembers that I need you to simply type that out the first thing was spiritual the, you, 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 you go through the battlefield of a spiritual plane not only spiritual but then you go through emotional you you deal with the, you deal with the battlefront or the, the the field of battle with your emotions and then not even emotions then it's your mental capacity that he plays with and he allows himself on the battlefield of your mental stability but not only that it then comes and turns into a physical manifestation of what you're dealing with in the battlefront but now i want you to understand and get some keys today and this morning for how to prepare for battle. Somebody say prepare for battle. I'm preparing myself. I'm getting into the place of God. And our scripture for this morning is going to come from both Ephesians and Romans 13 and the 12th chapter. And it simply says this, the night is almost gone and the day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness 
and put on what? The armor of light. Once again, it says the night is almost gone. That means there's a time that, that the sun is about to shine. And, and the, when the sun shines, we know we can see the enemy a little bit better. But right now, while the night is almost gone, we got to be able to put on something that's going to allow us to see better. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness, those sins that we had in our life, those sins that we go through in our day, the things that we have grabbed hold of and taken of taking a part of our life we have to learn how to put aside the deeds of darkness i know that a lot of times when we look at this scripture and we see this and we understand what sins we deal with from a carnal and a, a perspective of how we govern our lives is some things that we don't want to put aside there are some things about us that we don't want to get rid of we'll constant constantly make the statement God knows my heart. God knows what I struggle with. But what are you willing to put aside? What are you willing to lay down so that you can take up and put on the full armor of God? Not even just the full armor of God, but the full armor of light. Why? Because light casts out darkness. When, when, whenever you're, wherever you're at, if you go into a dark room, right now we have a cell phone generation that cell phones have flashlights, but I also came from a generation where you had to can, uh, carry candles around or you had to carry a flashlight around. But when you went into a dark place, in order for you to see where you were going, in order for you to see what you were doing, you had to have a candle or you had to have a flashlight so you would not bump and trip over things that were in the floor. You wouldn't you would know just where to go when things happen or or you would know how to get to the, uh, the, the the circuit box to make sure the lights got cut back on. But while you were in darkness, you had to have something to illuminate the room, illuminate the area. But in this scripture, it says when 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 Paul was talking to the Romans, he said, put on the armor of light because light contradicts light counters darkness and anywhere that light is darkness can't stay so if I'm if I'm laying aside my deeds of darkness, those things that I've done, my sexual issues, my 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 financial issues, the the lying tongue, the gossiping, the backbiting, whatever it may be, if I'm laying aside these deeds and I'm putting on the armor of God or the armor of light, that means I'm saying to myself, I have been in a place where I know I'm sinned against God, and if I'm going to prepare for a battle. I got to let go of some things in my life. I got to let go of some places that I've been. Why? Because it says, once again, it says, put on the armor of light. Why? Because once we look at our scripture for today, which is uh, Ephesians 6 and 14, it says this, stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Last week, we began to talk about putting on this armor and begin and, and begin to do and deal with what this armor is composed of because we were putting together our plan. But right now, if I'm preparing for battle, 
That means I got to put on my weapons. I got to put on my protection. In your life, uh, when, whenever you step out the house and, it's, and you're looking at the weather and you're, you're, you're getting yourself prepared for that day, what is the first thing that you want to do? You want to dress for what you're about to face. You want to dress if, it's, if it says it's going to rain. You don't want to walk outside without an umbrella. If it says it's going to be 30 below zero, you don't want to go outside with shorts and a T-shirt on. But instead, you want to prepare for what you're about to face. And too often in the body of Christ, do we not go outside? Do we not uh, fight the battles that we're dealing with with the right armor on with the right preparation we constantly we constantly go out the door uh, uh, living by and standing on what we have taken into our spirit and a lot of times uh, what we take into our spirit is not the word of God. We'll spend three or four hours watching ratchet TV. We'll spend three or four hours listening to ratchet music. And then when we step out the house and the enemy uh, smacks us in our face, we have nothing to draw from internally. We have nothing to draw from on the inside. So we're not preparing ourselves for battle. So now when the enemy knocks us down, we, we, we constantly say, God, but, but I'm your child. God, I'm your servant. God, I surrendered my life to you. But what are you doing to prepare for this battle? Ephesians 6 and 14 again says this, stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth. And I want to uh, stop right there and, and give you my first point this morning, because there are some things that we got to do when you're preparing for battle. And I want I want you to take this from a mindset of somebody who has to work out. One of the biggest battles that most of us face is what the, the, the mindset of I'm going to get out and work out. I'm going to go running. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to change my life. I'm going to do some things. But I want to use that as a backdrop for us this morning. So the first thing that I need you to understand is simply this, that in order to prepare for battle, you have to strengthen your core. You have to strengthen that area on you that, that, that is supposed to sustain you and hold you. Uh, once again, the 14th verse says this, stand firm, therefore having girded your loins with truth. But also I need you to get this, that in another uh, translation, it says stand firm then with the what? Belt of truth buckled around your waist. Now, what are you saying, Pastor Thomas, when you say belt of truth buckled around your waist? When you go to a gym and you're working out, one thing that you see, those that are lifting heavy weights, I'm coming down somebody's street real quick, those who are lifting weight that seems like that it should be too much for them to lift, they put on what? A weight lifting belt. Why? Because that weight lifting belt draws in uh, at their core the strength that's needed. It allows it to refocus the strength around them. So they grab this weightlifting belt and they pull it so tight and it looks like it's about to cut their circulation off. But what it's doing is drawing in their core muscles. 
these core muscles that go from right underneath of your chest to just about your thighs. But there is one central area that controls all of that. That's why we call this our core area. And that center point is your waist. So now when we see the Apostle Paul saying that we have to stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, we are doing the same thing. What we are now taking on is the truth, which is the word of God, which should be the center focus of our whole armor of God. We're taking that and we're putting that around our core and our center. We're putting that around everything that every other thing that has to come about and connect, but we're putting it and connecting it with the truth. Somebody say the truth. See, the Bible says that I am the way, the what? The truth and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father except by me. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. But so now, if I'm going to put on the belt of truth, that means I'm putting on Jesus Christ. I'm accepting him into my life. I'm making sure that everything that I do, everything that I say, every move that I make is governed and uh, sanctioned by what? By the truth. Get that? It is sanctioned by the truth of the word. It's not sanctioned by what I see in the world. It's sanctioned by what I hear in the word. Why? Because the word is here from the beginning. It's here right now, and it will be here at the end. It will continue past the end. So I can't live my life based upon temporal things. I can't live my life based upon a temporary fix. I cannot live my life based upon something that is going to evaporate at some point. And if I can't do it, neither can you. If you can't continue, if you keep on seeing the same problems happening in your life, you got to reevaluate what truth are you listening to. If you keep on seeing the same events uh, transpire and you keep failing at it, what is your truth in the matter of the situation? Are you trusting God? Are you believing God? Are you relying on his truth when dealing with the situation? Or are you saying, God, I'll trust you over here. I believe you over here. I know your word is true over here, but what I'm dealing with right now, I can't put my trust in. What are some areas that we're talking about? Your finances. God, I, I know that I should sow more. God, I know that I should be a blessing more. But God, you, you, I, I don't trust them. Well, God said you're not putting your trust in man. You're putting your trust in what my word said. You're putting my, my, your trust in when I said, so uh, that, 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 that a man soweth, that shall he reap. You're putting your trust in what I said and what my word declares about your life. When you're dealing in your relationships and your spouse, God, I can't trust him. I check his cell phone every night. God, I can't trust her when she go out with her girlfriends. I can't trust her. But what does my word tell you? You, that, that man can't be trusted, but when you rely on God, that my word stands true. That man will lie to you. Not telling you that every person in your life lies to you. Not telling you that every person is wrong to you. But man is fallible. 
We're all fallible. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But what we must do is get to the place of saying, God, what is your will in my life? God, lead and guide and direct my path. Some of these relationships that we've gotten into are not of God, even though the person came to church with a three-piece suit on, even though she came to church and she jumped and shouted all around the altar. You thought that that was the sign that said no, that said that God said that's the one for you. But no, uh, if you would have paid attention to the word of God, you would not have ended up in certain situations. You've ended up in your life. Somebody say, I got to listen to the truth. The truth of the matter is simply this, that you have to stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. I have to allow truth to lead and guide me. I have to allow truth even though it may hurt. Mm, Somebody don't want to hear that this morning. Truth hurts sometimes. Truth is not always flattering and, 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 and joyful. Truth hurts. Anybody ever been told a truth about themselves and they got angry at it? Anybody ever been told a truth about themselves and they wanted to fight because of it? Yeah, truth does not always mean that I'm going to enjoy what I've said, what somebody said about me or what I, re- or what I know is the truth about me. What are some truths about you? I'm not, I don't even want you to turn to your neighbor this morning. I don't even want you to turn to your, to your spouse, to your friends, to whoever it is. But I need you to understand that at this moment, at this time, wherever you're at in your life, you must allow truth to have its way in your life. You got to allow your core to be strengthened with truth. Somebody say allow it to be strengthened. Because truth is that thing that, that, that evades so many people in this world. Truth is that thing that keeps us from seeing the best of God because we don't want to accept the truth of God. Yeah, you're not all that. <laughs> you, you, you don't have all the answers. That's the truth about a lot of us. We're just faking it until we make it. A lot of us, uh, we, we go to work every day knowing what we struggle with. But we sit there and, and won't give it to God. If you're dealing with in, in relationships, you, you're, you're dealing with fornication, you're dealing with abuse, you're dealing with marital issues. And you keep trying every other way to fix your situation instead of strengthening your core. Instead of saying, God, I'm going to rely on you. God, I'm going to give it up because I obviously can't do it myself. I obviously can't come up with the right answers. And if I can't do it, I need to release it to the one who said I was there from the beginning. I am your alpha and I am your omega. I formed you in my likeness and in my image. So if I did all of that, if God said all of that about you, that means he knows the truth about what? About you. Somebody say strengthen my core. Strengthen my core. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. But, but, but. Not only that, we have to do this. You have to protect your heart. (laughs) You have to protect your heart. A lot of times protecting your heart does not mean build up a wall. Protecting your heart means knowing what's in your environment. It means knowing what you're willing and what your heart can take. It means knowing and understanding that you don't 
and that you don't know it all and that everything that comes about in your life is not uh, is not supposed to be there. See, ask yourself this in, in order to protect your heart. That scripture says, put on what? With 16, uh, Ephesians 6 and 14, the second part says, protect your heart. It says, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. So let me ask you this, because I want to I, I wanna, uh, veer off from this real quick. How do you protect your heart when the battle is not only external with the world, but it becomes internal with family and with you? Mm. See, it's, it's, it's quite easy to sit there and come up with and strategize and prepare for a battle when your enemy is on the outside of your armor. When it's on the outside of, or, or when it's on the external surface of your life. But what about that enemy that, get this, looks like you? Mm, mm, mm. You know, you ever heard that, that old saying that we are our worst what? Enemies. We are our worst enemies because what? Because a lot of times when we hear the voice of God in our life and God tells us to do something or God tells us to go somewhere, the first naysayer in our life is who? Us. I, I heard you, God, but I'm not qualified. I heard you, God, but 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 what is that? But what does that mean for my life? God, what you you know I, I I'm I'm trying to be this in my life. But a lot of times the enemy that we face, the enemy that we deal with, the enemy that we struggle with starts with us. It starts with our own mind. It starts with our own realization of where we are in life. It starts with our past that we've gone through. And the enemy of this world uses tactics like this more than he'll use someone on the outside against you. He'll use who your parents were. He'll use what you've done wrong. He'll use the mindset that you had that I'm not worthy. I'm not capable. I'm, I should not be in this place. He'll use all of that. So now when we're putting on this armor to face the outside, what the enemy says, no, I'm going to get under that armor and I'm going to deal with something internally. See, a lot of times that armor, it, it, that armor can stand strong when we're talking to that enemy that we see, the one that looks like the demon, the one that acts like a demon, the one that responds like a demon. That enemy, when we see it on the outside, we can uh, go at it full force. But what about when that enemy comes in in your spouse? That enemy that's underneath of this armor. That enemy... When it says protect your heart, I'm not just talking about the physical heart that we have or even the spiritual heart that we have. When you get married, the Bible says what? And the two shall become one. So that person is also a part of your heart. Your children are also a part of your heart. Your family is also a part of your heart. What does that word heart mean? It means what I'm holding close to me. That's what I have to protect. How do I protect it? With the breastplate of righteousness. Because everything that's about me. So when, when I'm dealing with home issues, when I'm dealing with financial issues, when you're dealing with stressful issues, you got to be able to protect it with righteousness. Not a bottle, not alcohol, not all these other things. Protect it with righteousness in place. Get this, those 
those soldiers that, that Paul was talking about in Ephesians, those soldiers that put on this armor, this armor came about and it weighed so much. It was so heavy. You had to have a certain regime of training. You had to have a certain uh, uh, capability. We even saw that even with the, the children of Israel where, where King Saul did what? Uh, uh, he put when, uh, when David wanted to go out and fight Goliath, they tried to put him and, 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 uh, and equip him with the armor of a soldier. But David in his frailty, David in his small stature could not function or operate with that armor on it because he had not been built up at that moment to do. But what God gave him to be built up with, God said, I'm going to send you out there while it looks like you don't have armor on, while it looks like you're vulnerable. I'm going to send you out there into the battle uh, prepared with my will, my word, my righteousness. He said, I'm going to send you into a battle clothed in, in, in the garments that I have for you. So now if, if we're seeing this and we're trying to protect our heart, how are you protecting your heart and your relationships? Uh, are, are, you, uh, are you really surrendering your relationships in righteousness to God? Are you on your knees and asking God how to lead your relationship, how to lead and guide you in righteousness, how to take that breastplate and, and, and cover you every day in that relationship? Because too often do we get complacent in our relationships. We get complacent and we're, we just let it work on autopilot. And because we let it work on autopilot, it begins to function a certain way, whichever way gravity pulls it. What do I mean, whichever way gravity pulls it? If your relationship starts to go bad, it, starts, it doesn't just go bad in one day. It gradually takes a, a turn. And you'll, you'll, you'll put it, my, my, my sister calls it little foxes. Little foxes, and, and little foxes dig little holes. But eventually these little holes do what? Combine and make this big gigantic crater. Because it's a little hole here. He lied to you, she lied to you here. It's a little hole here. Uh, you, 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 you seen patterns change. It's a little hole here. And then all of a sudden, this little hole that you see over here and over here and over here, even with you, you allow it to turn into this crater. Same thing with your finances, same thing with your children. Oh, you, you, you see them behave a certain way and you attribute it to what? Adolescence. And you don't deal with it. Because what? If we are to protect our heart, those things, what is a heart? Those things that we hold value to. Those things that are important to us. Protect your heart with the breastplate of righteousness in place. That means I got to have it on. I got to allow it to cover it. Why? Because if I allow it to be covered with righteousness, I do this. I protect my heart with right living. With right living. Well, pastor, I'm, I hear you talk about right living. I hear you say that I'm supposed to live right, but you, you haven't walked a mile in my shoes. No, but I walked a mile in my own. And I wasn't always pastor. I wasn't always good 
And even, even the word says, even my, my righteousness is what? As, as filthy rags. That means even in my righteousness, it still has sin somewhere around it. And if I'm not exposing it to right living, righteous living, if I'm not uh, putting on or strengthening my core with what? Truth. If I'm not putting on the breastplate of righteousness, if I'm not making sure that's in place, then I will be I will walk and put a gray area when it comes to what? Right living. We, we, we know the Bible says that it's better to be hot or to be cold, but you should not be lukewarm. You cannot straddle the fence. And too often do we in this generation and in this time think it's OK to straddle the fence and still say we love God. It's okay to straddle the fence of sin because sin, certain sins have become acceptable in this world. It's okay to straddle the fence and, 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 and then come back and say, God, well, I'm here. I'm here on Sunday, but Monday I'm at the club. I'm here on Wednesday night, but Friday night I'm in a strange bed. I'm here on I'm here for for Bible study or, or or youth ministry on Saturday morning, but I've been shacking up for the last five years. I'm here and I'm di and I'm and, and I'm supposed to be here. Who whose street am I coming down? But I'm part of secret societies. Oh, somebody don't want to hear that. I'm here, God, on Sunday. But on Monday, I'm turned up with the bottle. I'm here on Sunday, God, but, but Tuesday, I'm at my girl house. Uh, I, I'm doing things that are not pleasing in your sight. I'm here, God, on, who am I talking to and dealing with? Because right living, when you put on this breastplate of righteousness, it should cause change in your life. I'm, I'm, I'm here on Sunday, but I lie Monday through Friday. I'm here on Sunday, but, but my life is not an example. My life is not in place on Tuesday. I'm here God on, on, on Sunday. I'm, I'm giving you my all on Sunday but, but I could care less about the church for the rest of the week. I have become like filthy rags. I'm not allowing your righteousness to be in place. We got to protect our heart because if God if Jesus Christ is the head and we are the body that means the head should be leading the body. It should cause right living in our lives. But even with all of that, there was Christ who gave his life so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. He said, there is no sin or no temptation known to man that I have not given you a way of escape. So no matter what I just called out, no matter what I just said, there is a way to get back to the cross. There's a way to get back and armor yourself up the right way, the proper way. Armor yourself up with what God has called you to be, who God has called you to be. Somebody declare, I may have been a sinner, but I'm coming back to the cross. I may have been in uh, situations in my life, but I'm coming back to the cross. God, I'm asking you right now to deliver me from me. How do you prepare when your sin has become your crutch? How do you prepare? How do you protect your heart with the breastplate of righteousness in place? Because you have to do this. You have to gain your balance. And I'm just about done. 
In Ephesians 6 and 15, it says this, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from what? The gospel of peace. The New American Standard Bible puts it as this, and having your feet shod, or having, or, or, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I told you, today we're, we're dealing with what? Preparing for the battle. So we have to gain our balance. There is nothing worse than something that's unbalanced. If you drive your car and there's not enough air in one tire, what does it do? It pulls a certain way. When you've driven your car for so long and, and, and you've gone over bumps and bruises and you've gone through ditches and potholes, there's something that you have to do. It's called get in alignment. Oh, I'm coming down somebody. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to stay calm about this. But there is an alignment in the word of God that aligns the breastplate of righteousness, that aligns lines the, the, the belt of truth. It simply says this, and having your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. That means I got to put something on my feet. I got to put something on my outfit. I got to put something on this armor that allows me to walk in peace. What kind of peace am I talking to? A peace that surpasses all understanding. A peace that allows you that when you're going through hell and high water to stand up and say, God, for you I'll live and God, for you I'll die. A peace that says, what else you got to throw at me, Satan, because your tactics are getting old in my life. Your tactics are getting are looking the same way you did when I was seven and eight years old. Yeah, I'm a grown adult now, but these tactics are the same way, and I'm standing on the promises of God. The old song said, standing, standing, standing on the promises of God. Oh, I'm an old Baptist young boy, but, but now when God said that I'm coming out with the gospel of peace, because I'm shorting my feet, I'm, put, I'm fitting my feet with the gospel of peace. Why? Because my feet take me to the place that God has called me to. My feet are directing my path and leading and guiding. He said every place the sole of your feet shall tread upon that land shall be given unto you. He said what? He said uh, the steps of a righteous man are ordered. How is those steps ordered? Because now I'm fitting my feet with the gospel of peace. So no matter what the enemy throws at me, the Bible says what in Ephesians? After he's done all that he can, I simply do what? I simply stand. And it takes a certain level of peace to simply stand. You ever been in the midst of a fight and you just stand there and say, I look and taste and see that the Lord is good. When I'm standing there, I'm seeing angels fighting for me. I told you last week that when we saw Elisha standing at the top of the mountain, when his servant came out and said they surrounded us, Elisha walked out and stood there. And I believe Elisha probably smiled at the atmosphere and said, yeah, they got a couple of hundred thousand. They might have all of that. But when you open your eyes and you see the chariots and the legions that are surrounding you, that are prepared for this battle, that are prepared to war on your behalf. The Bible says that you have dominion and authority over legions of angels. I dare somebody begin to call out their angels. I dare somebody begin to call some things into existence. I dare somebody begin to speak the word of the Lord that there are more for me than there are for him. There are more against you than there are against me. That greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. If I'm going to prepare for battle, I got to begin to speak some declaration.
generations. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am the lender and not the borrower. I shall be righteous. I shall come out of this thing. And God, if God be for me, I dare somebody shout that real quick. If God be for me, who can be against me? If greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, I don't have an issue to worry about because I'm standing right here, feet of my feet with the gospel of peace. There's a peace that surpasses all understanding. There's a peace that holds me. Uh, the, the old song said, hold my peace. Uh, I, I, I need you to hold my peace right now. God, I need you to touch me right now in this area of my life. How many people need to gain their balance? Because you have to understand that having your feet shot with the preparation that means I'm prepared for this war. I'm prepared to do all that I had because now you're preparing you and I gain my balance with the gospel of the peace, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he died for me, that he gave his life for me, that he touched me, that he saved me, that he turned a wretch like me into a mouthpiece for him that no greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world that no greater love than any man give than to lay down his life for his friend so now I stand on that peace what peace the peace that he's my savior the peace that he's my risen savior the peace that 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 he died for me and not only did he die he got about the grave not 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 only that to understand that i'm putting on my warfare i'm putting on my battle what are we battling against what are you battling with in your life i'm not there with you and if you were here right now i think i would dare you to start declaring some things that you're battling against and put it on notice because a part of preparing i told you last week is identifying your enemy what is your enemy that you're struggling with what enemy are you facing right now what enemy are you going through right now with the issues and the situations that you've been holding on to for so long right now i'm telling you we're preparing for battle and i need you to know that it's time to let it go it's time to give it over to christ it's time to put your right equipment on you gotta put that breastplate of righteousness and see that righteousness may seem heavy and i'm just about done you all Righteousness may seem heavy. Pastor, how do I live righteous? I don't. How do I live righteous? I'm, I'm, broken, I'm broken in some areas in my life. How do I live righteous, Pastor? How, how do I get to this place? Because you start with simply this, the belt of truth. Why? Because this. See, I need you to get this, that that breastplate that the soldiers used to wear was extremely heavy. That breastplate was extremely heavy. But what countered the weight of the breastplate? It was the belt that went around the soldiers. Somebody not miss, somebody missing that. The breastplate was extremely heavy. The breastplate was extremely weighty. Righteousness and holiness can be weighty. I don't know what I should be doing. But when you put the belt of truth around you, 
it takes that weight of the breastplate off. Why? Because the belt is secure. The belt is the truth of the living word. And because that belt straps around and you're pulling it tight, it allows the breastplate to lift up some. That belt goes around your waist. And when you put it around your waist, it lifts up the righteousness. Mm-mm-mm. When you put truth around your waist, it lifts up the righteousness. Oh, somebody missing this. When you put the truth of the word of God around your waist. I'm getting excited just thinking about it. When you put the truth of everything you've been through around your waist, it lifts up the righteousness. Mm. Somebody miss. I, I, I need somebody to grab hold of that. The truth lifts up righteousness. Mm, mm, mm. The truth It lifts it up so that the righteousness can stand out. But it's standing out because the truth is wrapped up. It's protected. It's attached to the core by the truth. The truth of the word of God. The truth of my true and living savior. The truth of who he's been in my life. The truth of what he's brought me from. The truth of when I was lost and when I was down and out. The truth of what he's done. Then lifts it up and says now that I'm wrapped up on him. Now that I'm securing him. Now that I'm taking him from where he's been, now that he's doing it for you, allow his righteousness to begin to stand out. See, the righteousness is built up to protect your heart, to protect your mind, to protect your spirit, to protect all those vital things on the inside. The reason... The soldiers wore a breastplate because what's under the breastplate is it is sensitive. What's under the breastplate is your heart, is your liver, is your lungs, your capacity to breathe. So this breastplate protects all of that. So your capacity and ability to breathe the word of God has to be protected by the righteousness of God. Mm-mm-mm. Your capacity to breathe, your capacity for blood to flow, Mm-mm-mm. it reaches from the highest mountain, it flows. Through the lowest valley. The blood that gives me strength. From day to day it shall never lose its power. The blood. In order for that blood to be protected in your life. You have to cover it with righteousness. 
that blood that gives life to each and every limb of your body, that blood that the heart pumps, that blood that causes your lungs to contract and extract, that the blood of Jesus that separates, that saturates, that takes you from who you used to be, from that old dead man and presents you before the throne of the Father, blemish and spot free. That blood. I remember the old other song that said, for it is Jesus. Oh, it is Jesus in my soul. For I have what? Touch the hem of his garment and his blood, his love has made me whole. Are you prepared for the battle? Are you prepared for what he's called you to be? Are you prepared in your life? Or are you at a place of saying, I need this armor. I've been struggling for so long. I've been struggling trying to figure out my way. I've been struggling trying to figure out who I am. I've been struggling trying to figure out my purpose in life. I've been struggling. I've been battling addiction after addiction. I've been battling demon after demon. I've been battling, but I'm not prepared. See, the enemy, his device is to make sure that you're unprepared for his tactics. So he, he gives you flattering things to keep you from what solidifies you. Instead of righteousness, he gives you sin. Instead of truth, he gives you what? The father of lies. He, instead of shouting your feet with the gospel of peace, he gives you chaos. You're walking in chaos. Too many of us have been walking in chaos. We put chaos on as our equipment. We're so used to living in chaos. Who am I dealing with? You're, you've been operating in dysfunctional love for so long. You do not know what the love of God looks like. You've been operating in chaos. Because his whole plan was to saturate your environment with chaos. But God said, if I'm fitting you with the gospel of peace, I'm trying to armor you up. Chaos does not have to be a part of your life. The reason chaos comes a lot of times is because chaos produces change. But the reason you've been living in chaos for so long is because you refuse to change from that old person you used to be and become the person that God has called you to be so that you can come out of chaos and then you could dwell in, marvelous, in God's marvelous light. Chaos or peace. Which one do you accept? Moses put it like this in Exodus. Today, before heaven, before God in heaven, before heaven and man, I put before you a choice. Life or death. Choose life 
so that you and who? You and your children, you and your descendants may live. But so long we've chosen death because of what we've seen. Because death looks cute. How does death look cute? Because you don't see the other side of your sin is death. But you've chosen the sin. So this morning I'm dealing with those who have been living and operating without your full armor on. And I want to offer you five things. Five things. Five things at this moment that can change the course of your life. Right now at the bottom of the screen, you'll see a number. It's 301-887-5259. And right now it says for prayer, give us a call. But right now, I there's somebody right now who does not have a relationship with God. And I don't just want you to call that number. I want you to text that number with your name, your email, your cell phone number, whatever it may be. Why? Because at this moment, I'm going to ask you to do something and step out by faith and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. What have you been saying? What, what have I been saying this whole time? In order to put on this full armor of God, you have to be a child of God. There's a difference, everybody. There's a difference in being created by God and being a child of God. A child of God, the Bible says, is adopted by the beloved. A child of God has access, has authority, has granted rights to the kingdom of God. Just being created by God only means that you look like him. You display certain traits of him. But it does not give you sonship or daughtership. It does not guarantee you that when you die, you're going to go to heaven. So let me, let me break the, the thought of that right now. If you have not given your life to Jesus Christ, the Bible puts it very plain and simple. For I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes unto the Father, who is the Father God, but by me. Who is me? Jesus Christ. Not Pastor Thomas, not any pastor, but no man cometh unto the Father except by me. This moment is your moment of preparation. You've been knocked down in your battles. You've been knocked down in your fights. You've been knocked down over and over again and you keep standing back up because God said, I'm trying to get something to you. You stood back up. And every time you're like, what do I need to do to win this battle? The answer is simple. Accept Jesus Christ in your life. The Bible says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not what? Shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The Bible said that 
whom the sun sets free is truly free indeed. Are you ready to start winning the war? Are you ready to start winning the battle? Well, let's get prepared together. The simplest way to accept Jesus Christ into your life is simply make this confession. God, I believe Jesus Christ was your son. I believe that he came and died for me. I believe not only did he die, I believe that he was raised from the grave three days later. I believe that he's defeated death in the grave. And he came out with the keys. I believe that he is the son of the true and living God. And because he is the son, and because he gave access, he gives salvation, I receive it. If you make that simple confession, then you are saved. Get yourself in a Bible-believing church. We would love to have you here at Liberty. Text that number right now. Also, if you're backslidden, if you're backslidden in your life, you know who Jesus Christ is. You know that he's the Son of God. You've accepted him in your life. But your life has been operating in such a fashion that you don't even believe that you're close to him anymore. The Bible says that nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Not death, not life, not the grave. Nothing shall separate us. The only thing that has separated us is your choices. And you're not even separated from him. You have, you have given yourself over to a reprobate mind. But it's not too late. You have this moment, this hour, this minute, this second to give your life back to him. The drinking might be fun. The weed might be fun. The sexing might be fun. But what are you going to do when you have to stand before the throne of God and give an account for your willful disobedience to his word? You can't get there and say, I didn't know. Because if you're listening to this broadcast right now, you have an opportunity to know. Last couple of things and we're done. Receive Christ. Rededicate your life to Christ. Receive the Holy Spirit. The apostles were walking down the road after Jesus had died and ascended to heaven after the day of Pentecost. And they ran into some people who believed in Jesus. And he asked them, have you received the Holy Spirit? The, the men said, I didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that they prayed for them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. It's time for you to have your filling of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2 talks about the outward manifestation of it, that tongues of fire fell upon them. But I'm just asking you right now, if you, if you want more power, the Bible says, do not go out until you've received the Holy Spirit. Power from on high. He indwells you. He leads. He guides. The Bible says that he's your comforter. He directs you. He's your counselor. 
Allow him to come in right now and fill you up from the inside out. Allow him to come in right now and deal with your issues. Number four, if you need healing for your body, I'm going to pray for you real quick. Father God, in the name of Jesus, not just your body, but your mind and your spirit and your emotions. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we declare healing over anybody that's been dealing with situations in their life. Your word declares that healing is the children's bread. So God, right now, you, you said speak those things that are not as though they were. So God, right now, we're speaking healing over their mind, over their spirit, over their emotions. And God, whatever your will be for their body. We ask you to heal them in the name of Jesus. Healing is freedom. Healing from infirmities. Healing from who you think you are. The persecution. From your own self-esteem. From low self-esteem. Healing. Healing is offered right now. Healing of failure. There's a spirit of healing. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we ask right now that you heal each and every person. You know their heart. You know what they're going through. You know what they're facing right now, God. You know their situation. You know who's walked out. You know who's come in. You know what they're uh, they're dealing with right now. Break the bondage of the strong man off of their life. Hmm, Jesus. Heal them right now from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet. Heal them from church hurt. From leaders that abused them. Heal them from people that promised that they would be there. Heal them from the mindset that they're not worthy. Heal them in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And last but not least, if you are looking for a church home, where you're going to be fed the word, where you're going to be loved on with the love of God, where you're you're going to be embraced, you're going to be trained, you're going to be developed, and you're going to be released to, to do the will of God in your life. Liberty would love to have you. That number at the bottom again, 301-887-5259. We're going to ask you to text that number with your name, your email, your cell phone number, whatever it may be. And we're going to get in contact with you. We want to pray with you. We want to communicate with you. We want to make you a part of our family. Yes, I know we're in this virtual place. But virtually, we can still hold on to one another. Spiritually, we can still grab one another. If you see yourself in ministry, if you see yourself operating, we're not just 
developing and having service just to have service. We're developing dynamic disciples. We're developing men and women of God to go into the world making disciples of all men. That's what our mandate is. But most importantly, we want you to walk in the freedom and in the liberty of the word. For our motto here says what? Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So reach out to us. Go to our website at www.lccimd.org. You can fill out a contact form on there. Let's get connected. Let's walk together. The Bible said that we're two, uh, let, uh, if two agree, they can walk together. Amen. We'd love to see you soon. We got some information about services soon. But we're just honestly just so glad to be a part of your life and have you make, yourself, make us a part of your life. I'm going to leave you with this. Live on purpose. Live for purpose. But most importantly, live in God's purpose. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for this day, God. We thank you for the ability to worship God, whether virtually, whether in person, wherever we are, God. You said where two or three are gathered, there you are in the midst. So, God, as we came in here, God, with a heart uh, and a mindset to worship, let us leave with a heart and a mindset to serve. We honor you, we worship you, and we magnify your name. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. We are so excited. We thank you. And we love you with the love of God. Be blessed as always. Amen. Amen.